Welcome back to the Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our sensational review of Rogue One. I wanted to go danger, danger, but that's uh, lost in space. (laughs) (laughs) So guys, before our review, check our description below. If you want to save money in either gas, groceries, or when you go out to eat at a restaurant, it's not our sponsor, but we like to try to help each other out when we can. Spoilers, by the time of this review, Andor is about to premiere on Disney+. Plus. They're airing the first three episodes, I think. Okay. And Andor is actually named after the main character. Andor? Yeah, that's his, that's his last name. Uh, that's like, okay, you're not going to get this re- reference, but for those who do watch us probably will get this reference. That's like Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Vegeta is named after the planet Vegeta, who is also the king Vegeta. Well, how about this? <laughs> I totally forgot that Andor was his last name. I thought Andor was a place. I thought that oh, was, Andor. I thought Andor was a place too. I thought that was like the, the planet. Andor. I just watched Rogue One and they called him Cassian a lot. They didn't call him Andor. Oh, when they introduced him to uh, Jin Urso, that's when he hears his last name. So I, for some reason, I totally forgot. I was like, oh, okay, that named after him. Got it. But anyway, I personally love Rogue One. To me, Rogue One is the true prequel of the Star Wars universe. I take the George Lucas prequels down the garbage. Even though it's canon, the Clone Wars, Rebels, and Rogue One all fit for me their prequels to the OTs, the original trilogy. Okay. What about you? Well, first of all, I just Google double check us. Andor and Endor. That's why we kept getting confused because Endor is the uh, the the Force planet, and then right. there, that, there's yeah, that, Andor is the guy. So that's why I kept getting confused. Right. Hopefully, there's no Ewoks here. I don't know. Could be, but I agree. Like Rogue One, uh, Rebels, uh, the Star Wars Clone Wars series, all did a great job of actually connecting the prequels to the original trilogy and no no, my my mine was that these rogue one uh, rebels and the clone wars are the true prequels oh i cannot stand the original episode one two and three i cannot i cannot watch it well technically even though i i mean in essence you could the way they did the Stone um, Stone Wars, the the Star Wars Clone Wars series, you could technically watch the the Clone Wars series without watching the prequels, and then that oh, of course transitions beautifully into oh uh, yeah a uh, Rogue One, and then Rebels would transition into New Hope. Granted, Clone Wars like Episode Three, you don't see the. The temptation and the uh, trickery from Palpatine 
directly. to Anakin. You don't see it directly. You see it here and there. But it's mostly the animated series, yeah. Clone, the Clone Wars. But again, you don't really like for me, I don't care how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. I don't need to see that. They did a better job. He is not the chosen though. one. They did. Oh, they absolutely did. But to me, he is not the chosen one. Luke is the chosen one. You don't think Luke's the chosen one? Fine. Ray is the chosen one. He turns out, she turns out to be the chosen one, the true chosen one. I mean, the argument and, could be said that Darth Vader was the chosen one because they just said you bring balance to the force. Not, not that Darth you, Vader, Anakin. Anakin, yeah. But you know, you can argue that they're, they're one and the same. He just denied who he was, but he still brought balance to the force. The force was very lopsided. I mean, when, by the time uh, you know Anakin was found, there's uh, the Sith were almost on the extinction. They were on the out. There, the 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 Jedi Force was overpowering. Uh, they were on par with the Senate in many different ways, other than the fact that they didn't want to act on certain things. But they it was lopsided. So he came in. He's like, I'm cleaning house because of his actions. He cleaned house again. The argument can, could be I, there. I, but I can argue against that because when and then he killed the Emperor. <laughs> the thing is when Vader came in, when the Empire developed, right? And the Jedi was almost all but extinct, you had the rise of the Sith. Yes, you have the the master and the apprentice, but Vader was not really an apprentice, he was considered a master. So you have mm-hmm. two masters. And then you have the Inquisitors, who are like they, Sith Lords themselves. They're taught to an certain extent, but they're not Sith Lords. Uh, the, but they kind of are, in a way. They're, 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 they're the foot soldiers yeah. of the Sith. So They have potential, the but they're is, not like there, to be honest. Right. But the thing is, they're having the off-balance of the Sith now of being greater than the Jedi. Then Luke comes in and dismantles the empire with the destruction of the, of the death star and then having his getting his father to kill palpatine you can argue that as well but for me with ray and again you can believe it or you can take it or not but for me i always look at the concept of when yoda in empire when luke goes back right leaves mm-hmm. dagobah Obi-Wan is telling Yoda, it's like, he is our only hope. Yoda bl- closes his eyes. And they say when he closes his eyes, he can see the future. Mm-hmm. When he does that, and he says, no, there's another. We thought the other was referring to Leia, because we later find out that in return, that she is actually the sister. Yeah, Right. But during Empire, during Empire... No one knew that Leia and Luke were together. Okay. Not even George Lucas. And because they remember they kissed twice an empire. Anyway, I'm taking the. No, she kisses him after she rescues him from Cloud City. Yeah. He's on the bed laying down. She kisses him and goes back to the cockpit. Oh, that's even more awkward now. Yeah, because it's not once, it's twice. But she actually I, kissed him three times. But when you think about one that, like I, that's after I, he finds out that you know, Vader is his father. Also, oh, oh, 
He still didn't know he that she was his sister. A, yeah, but still. Oh. But she, I guess she kissed him three times. One in a New Hope, on the cheek, I believe. And I don't then count twice in Empire. But anyway. Cheek don't count. Uh, Yoda can see the future. He's seen actually Ray. This is how I see it. This is how it makes sense to me. Okay. That he can see so deep in the future that he knows who is the one that can save or create the balance. Who is the other one? If Luke fails, we have this to look forward to. Like she is the backup plan. And so that's, that's how I say that. I mean, I don't know how the premise of The Force Awakens, how the new trilogy came out, but this is how I see it and how it goes. But anyway. Now, now you know what Yoda now, couldn't see? What? The clutch film that was Rogue One. Ha! Segway. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue One, again, to me, the truest prequel film to date. Now coming with a series, uh, coming out with his own prequel, if you will, because Andor, the new Disney Plus series, takes place prior to Rogue One. How the rebellion starts to solidify, how Andor, Cassian, gets involved mm-hmm. deeper so we get to see that Forrest Whitaker come back as Sal Guerrero or Saul Guerrero, excuse me, who was a character we saw in the Clone Wars, we saw in Rebels. So it's great to see that tie-in even more so, his involvement, how he got a little more extreme. Yeah. We saw that happening in the Clone Wars. We saw that happening in Rebels, him getting extreme. And hopefully yeah. now we'll see how he gets, how he gets further into it. Because this is supposed to be a two-season series and multiple okay episodes. Two seasons? Yes. Ooh. Okay, that's like yes. the first. Right. And I know the first season is like a lot of episodes. I don't remember how many episodes are going to be, but I know it's a lot. What's cool about this, where I thought is genius in the sense of how Rogue One came about was because someone in ILM brought up the story of on how the rebellion got the Death Star plans. Well, I mean, and that was the thing I was going to talk about because I remember when uh, Rogue One first came out and uh, they were discussing about Rogue One and I was like, no one asked for this movie. No, oh no. no, yeah, no. It's like uh, it's like we all know how it's gonna end. We know what happened to mm-hmm. Rogue One. Mm-hmm. No one yeah. was really, no one I know. No, 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 no one, no one know. Well, it is said real quick in A New Hope when yeah. the, one of the generals is going over the plans, like how they got the plans. Yeah, it, it, you, it, it was correct on that sense. It's a side story that this no is, one was really questioning, or at least everybody I talked to at the time were like, yeah. uh, had no interest in going like, what? How did they get those plans? Like we all knew people died, but like really, what? What? What down? No, 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 no one said that in my my circles. I am happy to say that it's like one of those films that um, it's a film that no one wanted, but happy they got. Happy we got. Although I do know people that didn't like Rogue Run, and uh, oh, I know, I know. Yeah, me, I, I know some people too. They 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 swear that it's. It's crap, and it, it it makes no sense, and why they all had to die. And it's like that's what makes it so great. They are 
they're dirty dozen. Yeah. They are the magnificent seven where like the heroes die at the end. They don't make it. They are the true suicide squad. Yeah. And let's be you honest, know? the plan was not to die, oh, but no. it just, it, they ended up that way because they're like, it's better to get the plans out than escape. That was the whole well, idea. No, they, well, yeah, they, they, they sacrificed themselves because the plans were that important was much bigger, was much bigger than them. Yeah. And what's funny is that because it's the same year as Suicide Squad came out. Wow. And I remember seeing a Suicide Squad because I came out first mm-hmm. and I was like, this is crap. And let's be honest, it's crap. And then I saw Rogue One and I was like, damn it, this is the true Suicide Squad. I mean, well, technically the original Suicide Squad that you're talking about with uh, Wolf, or uh, I was about to call him. Will Smith, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, only one person died, maybe two died in that Suicide Squad group. I don't count the, the, uh, the I don't count the hangman guy. If you get your head blown off, that doesn't mean you're, uh, you didn't commit suicide. He did, yeah, no. he didn't. He didn't I mean, die. For, I, I, he didn't I, I, die for the mission. These people right. died for the mission. Correct. So, uh, what I love about this, also, I mean, I love this movie in on so many aspects. You know, I'm a stickler to continuity. I'm a stickler to authenticity. If you're gonna tell it, tell it right. Don't make a, a movie of the past during the future or in the future. I know Here, what you're talking about. The 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 hairstyle, the 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 lamb chops, the somewhat of the cinematography sometimes looks as looks dated as well. Uh the the equipment, the clothing, yes, equipment as just how it was when they shot A New Hope or similar to that factor. Yeah. Well, when you look at the spaceships only... in Rogue One, they look like they fit with New Hope rather than like. If you watch the prequels and you're like, oh, there was a 50 year difference or a 20 year difference or whatever. 20 years does not regress technology. Uh, like when you watch the original, uh, the prequels that they, Wait, they you, well, you know, no, yeah, you're every, right. You're everything right. Right. looks the, shiny the, and new. And doing more. Yeah. And, you know, people say, well, or George, George like made an excuse. Well, the empire took away so much because they, then they had so little. I was like, yeah, but the bullshit. empire would have kept that stuff. No. They wouldn't have been like, right. let's make our technology worse. No. This is what I, I, I love about it. And then you have some characters, again, from the prequels. You have Bell Organa. He makes an appearance. Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. You have the not... Um, it's a trap. The, the other guy, Kalamari. Um, <laughs> no, it's not Akbar. He's not in it. I know, oh, but he's not in it. Not in this one. There's another one. Oh. You have like... The connection or reference to A New Hope in many ways, like when we see, when we are introduced to Grand Targon at the round table, when they're talking about the Death Star and all that stuff, right? Yeah. That's a chair empty there. And that's meant for the engineer, Orson Krennic. There's an empty chair that's supposed to be next to Targon. Okay. He's dead at the end of Rogue One. So, and New Hope, he's not there. Yeah, there's a lot of references. So I like how they use, again, A New Hope, which they do, they should, rightfully so, use that 
focus point where they use it for not focus points, but as um, blueprints yeah. to help tell the story of Rogue One. And I love the fact that there's very little Jedi in this. There's no now, Jedi. You can, that's actually true. You're right. There's they, Sith. They, uh, there's no Jedi. There's Sith, no Jedi. They actually discuss about this Jedi a lot. Like there's one point where I thought Donnie Yen, which I love Donnie Yen in, in oh this. Oh my God. And I uh, honestly, that was a big loss because I would have loved to see him come back as a character. But um, no, but it would, but it would have taken away. But it, it, I understand what you mean. I, it would have taken away. But and like if they did a prequel to Rogue One and he came back as a character again, I would have been like, yes, he was a fantastic character. Like him with the other dude. Uh, oh, yeah. who, who was like basically the the armored juggernaut? <laughs> like, right. He's like, I, I was like, are you a Jedi? He's like, no, but I believe in the Jedi. <laughs> he's like, in the forces, I'm well, one yeah, with the forces. He was the forces like, one with me. <laughs> right. He was more like they say what he was. He's like a believer or zealot of the uh, of, of the Jedi. Right. Yeah. Um, but basically, for but, uh, you know, for those who don't know, Donnie Yen played uh, arguably a blind monk. Uh, like he was a well, he a, a was he was a, than, the, Z- the Jedi Force. He was the Zatuichi of the Star Wars universe, pretty much. Because even though he was blind, man could kick ass. Uh, he just right. didn't use just a sword. Like he used the staff. Yeah. And do you know that there's a in the scene where they're all taken to see Saul, and they're putting hoods on top of them to to cover the the hide the the whereabouts. Donnie says, are you kidding? I'm blind. That was improv. Yeah. That's awesome because that makes, and makes they kept total it. sense. Yeah, because it makes sense. Now, you, you went in the head of one of my favorite scenes. Bye-bye. And that was with Donnie Yen when he takes down the stormtroopers. The guy is so freaking charismatic when he fights. He's he, so he's theatrical really with it. And yeah, and so smooth. He's like the favorite thing for me in the live movie adaptation of Mulan. That's he's the only thing. Everything else sucks, but when he's in it and when he fights, it's like the best part of Mulan. And I can't stand that movie. But anyway, I let's go back to here. One, so <laughs> here's a real quick review. Don't waste your time. I haven't. So <laughs> uh, I would say like no, but remind me. That was the only martial art fighting scene he did in Rogue One. Yeah, I think he does something else, but it's n- it's not majority, as it's not as pivotal. It's the majority, right? Because he shoots an arrow, he shoots a gun, and which is weird as well because he's he's blind, but he's disconnected. But mm-hmm. he could have been. But the thing is, he could have been a Jedi. But since there was no instructors, no mentors, no teachers, no mentors, no masters. Because he was in tune. I mean, how do you how do you see without seeing? Yeah, you no, know? There, there's a lot that uh, like like he could have been because that's the thing in the Star Wars lore. Like there are people who are force sensitive. Doesn't mean that they're Jedi. Just means that they are well, Je- more yeah. in tune to the force, and uh, they're just mm-hmm. not trained. But there Correct. there are characters that like are like in the Legends lore and the comics and you know, mm-hmm. like that they can move stuff. Uh, using the force that doesn't make them a Jedi or a Sith. It just means that they're able right. to use the force. Uh, they're just right. not trained particularly. Like th- there's a uh, the great example of this. Like you could argue that he's using the force in this in the fight his final moments 
when he's walking through a field and they're shooting all around him and he's chanting like I'm one with the force and the force is one with me all to get to a, mm-hmm. like a particular destination and he's not being hit at all. You can say that's true in the sense of why many stormtroopers are terrible shots because what we see is that they're trying to shoot Luke. They're trying to hit Leia and they're missing yeah. or they're trying to hit the rebellion, but they're missing because the force is with the rebellion. The force is helping to protect them. So you can use that as an argument of why they're such terrible shots because in the beginning of a new hope, you have Vader or not Vader. You have the stormtroopers taking down the rebellion in the entryway easily. And now that could be an argument too, saying that since they're terrible shots, maybe Vader's guiding their shots to hit them. He's like behind the. No, no. Yeah, Yeah. maybe he could be because it was like, if they're so terrible shots, how come there's no survivors in that entryway? True. You know? Okay. So let's talk about this Um, in regards to I think in Rogue One, what what they did very successfully was they introduced your your crew. It's not like they were all together from the get go Uh, They you get your main character that you uh, which is your female lead. She was coming in Mm -hmm. and then they uh, you have Andor comes in, acquires her with the Android, which the Android was a fantastic character, by the way. You know, that's played by right. I used to. It's played by Alan Tudyk. Ah, uh, yes, I love Alan Tudyk. He he's a fantastic. He is performer. amazing. He is amazing. Yes. You ever see him do like a serious creepy role? By the way, I think so. He's no, he's too good. Yeah, he was in Firefly. He was in. He does um, a lot of comedic so roles, but like right. he uh, was in. He was in that one time uh, superhero show, like Superhero Inc., where he was like. A relative of, of Bruce Wayne, so short-lived. So he was like that. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It was like, a, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name, but he was also in a show called uh, Dollhouse. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that one. I you gotta find from, um, find some also, scenes from uh, from him because he plays a villain in there, and when he turns, he goes almost psychopathic, like dead eye killer. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I remember watching Dollhouse and I'm like, ah, I'm in and out of the show. But then when he would come on, I was on also by Josh Sweden. And it was also a Fox mm-hmm. show, I want to say, but uh, to bring him back home. So yes. Tunic, great actor, great voice work for the Android. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. The Android had some of the best moments. Do you know the part where he's with um, he's with Andor and Jen? And they're about to walk away from the stormtroopers. And the guy, the stormtroopers say, hey, turn around. Where are you guys going? Where mm-hmm. are you taking these prisoners? They're trying to figure out. I was like, what? Oh, these prisoners? And then Andor says something. And then K2SO, which was yeah. Alan Tudyk's character, he puts his hands up. He accidentally hits Andor. Yeah, and I remember they that. kept it in. They kept it in and you can see Andor like covering his face and taking it down, almost laughing. And then off screen, you see, you see him and says, sorry for hitting you earlier. So they kept it in and they fixed it with a little uh, voice over to keep it all connected. And they you know that there's callbacks to the originals with like certain lines that they didn't get the chance to say, but they cut off like he was about to say, 
I have a bad feeling about this, but they told him to shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead, <You did. laughs> before you say it, they used the blueprint of a new hope where they got to the point. They didn't waste time. They didn't dilly dally. They needed to get the plans. Just like in a new hope, the job was to rescue the princess. Well, the original plan was like to find out this, what is to, uh, the, the Death Star and stuff, whatnot, and to kidnap the father. But then the father's like, he's like, no, I built a fail safe for the Death Star. That's really what you need to get. Well, they had to get to the father, right? They had to get to the father. Through that, they met up with Saul, and then she saw the hologram, which led to him sharing that there's a fail safe. Yeah. Regardless, there was a mission, there was a purpose of them being there. We didn't have to figure things out. We didn't have to wait. We, we knew. We saw it in the beginning, in the sense that laid the groundwork of meeting Jen as a child with her parents, which could be the Kyber crystals. Am I saying it right? Kyber Lord, crystals. They needed that to power the Death Star. And the mother had a Kyber crystal. And again, those Kyber crystals is what lights up a lightsaber. Yeah. So it could be implied that the mother was a former Jedi, or maybe she was a Padawan. Maybe she was a Padawan in training that escaped. Order 66. Or she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe. There's many ways to unravel it, if you will. Besides what happened. Uh, it, for some reason, that just made me think of George Lucas. Like, on in many ways to unravel it, as you will, like, it's, it's all a matter of uh, perspective. <sighs> Oh, please don't start. <laughs> he's he's the, the creator and the destroyer of Star Wars, in my opinion. He's the Alpha and Omega of Star Wars. Right. Oh, Omega. Do you have another favorite scene? Because I do. Uh, oof. Um, okay, so... I know it's, it's been a while since you saw that. I just saw it just minutes before during our review. True. In preparation for Andor. But considering, like, this tells you, like, how much the movie sits with a person when you can start mm. talking about it, like, if you saw it, like, yesterday in a lot of different ways. Mm. Like, mm. I remember the scene where we were just talking about um, Alan Tunick's uh, character, the an uh, the android, um, K2S0, uh, and as comical as that character is, there was a point where it was also an emotional point where... Uh, oh, he essentially sacrifices himself for the team right. as an audience member, even though he's an Android, you just pretty much met because the film wasn't overly long neither. Um, no, just not shy over just a little over, just a little over two, two hours. Those two hours fly by fast in that film. Mm -hmm. But either way, like you meet this Android for the first time. It's not like he reminds you of like R2D2 or 3CPO. He's his own thing. You feel attached. And like when his character goes, like you kind of feel lost about that character. He reminded me of R2D2 with a touch of 3CPO. He's a, he's he a, a combination he, of the he's two. He's a combination of the two. I get that. But he's like, mm -hmm. you can also argue like combo of the two makes your own being, you know? Of, no, no, yeah. of course. No, he had the humor of like of, of um, 3CPO, but he had the, the heart of R2. Uh, exactly right. And but like uh so like that scene was a pivotal scene for me like it's just stuck with me of course like the end scene where 
uh, Andor's hugging onto the female lead. I keep forgetting her name. And they're like holding Jen. each other. Uh, yes, Jen. There's a lot of tension in that movie also. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. comical moments, but they, they do a great job of building tension. Like when Andor has his sights on her and her father with a sniper rifle. His job is basically take the shot. And he right. chooses not to. But like there's a tense moment there. Like you're wondering, is he going to take the shot? Because we saw him do take someone out without he, a blink of an eye. Yeah. yeah it's all in, for in the, the better. Man. The, it's like the uh, alleyway, you know, uh, was a, the lesser evil, you know, or right. uh, uh, the loss of one outweighs the loss of many kind of situation. Mm-hmm. That's the that's a, uh, that's the choices he has to make. What was your yeah. scene that stuck out with you? Vader. Oh, I was saving that one. I was saving that baby. But that's my favorite. That's my second favorite scene. Like the the one with Donnie Yen against the stormtroopers. Amazing, beautiful. It was poetry in motion. And then you saw the rawness of Vader's attack, his viciousness. Something we never really see him do. No, and you know what? We see him unleash. And and when you watch that in theaters, tell me like the first time you saw it in theaters. Were you the well, only I'm not one expecting it? Yeah, no one was expecting. I wasn't it. expecting it. But were you the only one? They're going, oh, oh. <laughs> no. In my theater, no. when that happened, and I was watching that with everybody in the first first time, there was a roar. Just when the lightsaber went, at that moment, everybody roared, and then he proceeded to decimate everyone in there. That made me love or relove vader again because the prequels just destroyed my view of vader before the prequels you you have vader looking like you know as a total badass a total threat to the rebellion not palpatine not the empire but vader was the threat of the rebellion he was the one that everybody and you right to see him let loose like that. Now, what caused him to let loose? That could be many reasons of what caused him. Could be because he's angry of at Palpatine. Maybe he's angry that he has to leave his Bakta tank. Maybe mm-hmm. he's angry that he, you know, he does not have his the love of his life with him again. You can have many reasons why he's so angry, or he's just just mad. And there's no explanation for it except for what he's there to do is the get back those plants or maybe he's mad because he's picky he's cleaning again someone else's mess yeah so it could he, be a, a he was there earlier why in the movie angry. but it, like you right. said he was this there as a uh as a cameo earlier in the movie he's like don't mess up and he did the famous mm-hmm. choke thing but like it, i mm-hmm. get that when you're describing he's like i'm here to clean someone else's mess and like i'm gonna just be some ass what makes that scene so good besides the carnage that he unleashed is that in a new hope when we first see him there his armor is dirty Mm -hmm. it's not shiny there's like film on top of it just like he just came out of battle yeah so that makes total sense that that's where he just came from because the ending of Rogue One and to where New Hope begins is practically back to back. Yeah, it's you the can same make ship. It so. It's the same ship. 
No, of course. And Leia's the same, is dressed the same way as if they just got the plans. And so Vader tracked them through hyperdrive or light speed. Actually, there's someone on YouTube that did that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't remember. I saw a while ago that a person edited the end of Rogue One and the beginning of A New Hope. To make it like one film? Well, well a back-to-back scene. Oh, where you see Leia say hope, and then there's a little cut in, a little add something where Vader's ship is following uh, Leia's ship. And then when she comes out of hyperdrive, they come out of hyperdrive, and then he, they capture with the electric beam, whatever. And so it goes from there. So that again, seeing the armor does it, because I was wondering, because like, that's the only time we see Vader's armor dirty. That is attention to detail that I like. And then you see like they use that same scene as the influence for season two of The Mandalorian when Luke shows up. They actually do a, like a side-by-side, like someone did a, a couple of people did it on YouTube. A side-by-side is somewhat similar. Oh, so they were referencing to- the, like the, the activities and the functions of that scene? Right. There's a time because there's time where um, Vader is like grabbing someone with one hand. Luke does it as well. He grabs a droid uh, with one hand, squeezes it, things of that nature. Even though he comes out of the elevator shaft, uh, Luke, Vader is by himself at the end of the hallway and moves forward. Luke comes out and moves forward. So it's like the similarity of stuff. Luke is more elaborate. Because he had, a, he's traveling, you know, great distances to get to Mando and Grogu. The only scene that I don't agree with is when they show three PO and R two D two. Because three PO and R two D two are in Yavin four. Yeah. When that all that happens, and then they're on the same ship as Leia. Hmm. That's fast because I don't I I don't think Leia was with Bell Organa on Yavin Four at the time. They don't make that connection or they don't they don't say it. They do talk about Obi Wan though. Yeah, you can check our review on Obi Wan for those listening and watching. How they missed out on the continuity factor on many times. Yes, I, I know a Jedi. I don't say his name because I know a Jedi who who was who worked with me or fought alongside me in the Clone Wars. Doesn't say anything else. Didn't say he rescued my daughter. He he was we were we worked many times after Order 66. None of that stuff. He's, he's like, I'm still keeping this secret to my grave. Now, when Andor comes out, how this is gonna take place, because this roughly takes place 19 years after Rogue One, that is, takes place after. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Because because right, because Leia yeah. gets the plans. She's 19. She's supposed to be a twin of Luke. Was around when the rebellion was starting when they were 10. If you use Obi-Wan as a series as a time frame, and then Rogue One as a time frame, that's nine years. Yeah. Right? So where does this fall? Is this three years prior to Rogue One? Is this Eight years prior to Rogue One is a five years. I googled no. just now. 
I won't tell you if you don't want to know. <laughs> well, tell me. I mean, uh, it could be wrong. It's on, it's on a Wookie, Wikipedia. Okay. They say five years before Rogue One. Okay, now, I can take that. It's Wikipedia. It could be wrong. I mean, I'd rather have that than say before Obi-Wan. I mean, they don't really say how old the guy is. Who? Andor? Yeah. <laughs> but Andor's prior to Rogue One. So, yeah, I know. you know, like it seems like the Rebellion played the long game, even though Palpatine played the longer game. True. But I mean, the, took, the, the Rebellion has been fighting for 19 years. I mean, if you're watching Bad Batch, they kind of start the roots start at year one. Algana started it right there. And, you know, um, Padme was almost like right there to start like, oh, my God, what have I done? We got to stop this. Yeah. So it could be either or. So maybe, yeah, maybe the birth of the Empire was the birth of the Rebellion. So sure. Okay. And they just, they just kept it quiet. I'm okay with that. Fine. Yeah. Was there a weak scene for you or a weak moment? Because like I said, for me, it was the three CPO. Didn't make sense to me. Them being on Yavin 4, where we know they're going to be on Leia's ship. I mean, I understand why they did it, but they didn't need to have that scene where uh, like they're doing the recordings and everything. The recordings? Yeah, where they CGI Princess Leia at the end. No, that was needed. That was needed? I think it was needed. Because it makes that connection. Because you see it that she gets the plants, and then from there, she gets the plants to R2-D2. So you see like that, who it is. Mm. Granted, they, they, could have done a, they could have done a better CGI because she definitely looked like a, a hunchback. Her eyes were like... We need to review know, Hunchback of Notre Dame because I, I, like, I've never seen the movie, and now I feel like you guys are referencing it too much. Well, uh, no, <laughs> the eye... The eye is like here. One eye is down. One you're, eye is up. You're referring yeah. to everybody to that now. Some of them look like that. No, I can't think of any other real bad scenes in that movie, though. Like when I think back to yeah. it, like all the other scenes were like really solid scenes. Oh, there's the one I want to talk about. Tarkin. They, yeah. they, they had the actor who played Tarkin, right? Yeah. Because Tarkin passed away long ago. They, they had a they CGI in his him, face. Yeah. His but the guy is way too tall. Tarkin was short. I thought he was a tall guy. No, he was short. He was slightly taller than Leia, but way below than Vader. Mm. And they made him look tall because he was towering over. Yeah, the, they, they could have easily the fixed the that engineer. Post. They could have. They should have. I mean, voice-wise, yeah, he they, sounded they like him. Oh, no, he did great. And I think he, he got the mannerism, I think, pretty well Admiral Tarkin's six foot one the original yeah it, uh this is from Wikipedia they have him at 1.85 Peter Cushing who was 511 no I understand that I understand that but guess what they guess how high well guess how high guess how tall Vader was he was like six six David Prowse who played Darth Vader stands Vader. six foot eight <laughs> well, Anakin Skywalker maybe, stood maybe, six foot two. Okay, well, I'm telling you right now, David Prowse was six six. So with the heels on and maybe some lifts, he got to six eight. Well, the helmet, but it, Vader like, was a lot taller. No, but yeah. So anyway, right. And fun fact: David Prowse was Christopher Reeve's training coach for Superman. 
So anyway, yeah, because he towers over Orson in, in, in Rogue One. But you never saw him with Vader, so you couldn't really get that reference also. So maybe. This is a movie worth the watch if you're a Star Wars fan. This is, for me, multiple watch. I own it. Have it on Disney. You know, I have Disney Plus, so I watch it there. And this is a movie I'll always watch prior to New Hope. Well, part of my Star Wars lineup. Always watch it. So now this, I am so looking forward to how they do Andor, how his circle becomes part of the rebellion, or how he gets part of the rebellion. And you have an all-star cast. You have people reprising their roles. You have new characters coming in. So I'm just totally excited to see what they're going to do and how they bring it. Because I'm sorry, so far out of the this being the fourth, no, third, or fifth, fifth Star Wars series coming out, because you have Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Visions, Obi-Wan, now Rogue uh, Andor. And right now, the only thing that I love is the Mandalorian. Second is Visions. Third is Obi-Wan and then Boba Fett. I wonder where Andor is going to place. And something tells me it's going to be either right below Mando or tied or take the lead. I would like I it know. to take the lead. I wouldn't mind it either. I would love to see it take the lead because I don't know. I don't know. Everything looks good, but what previews show doesn't mean the series. The series could be down the tubes. But I'm looking forward to it either way. Now, I won't watch this season. I'll probably do what I've been doing is probably binge it. But maybe I'll see this because there's three episodes premiering back to back. You get the initial feel. So maybe I'll see that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any final thoughts? As far as the movie goes, it's a uh, worth the watch. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, watch it. If you've seen it before, you probably want to see it. I don't know if you want to see it before watching Andor or watching it after Andor, but you're probably going to want to watch it again. It's definitely worth a watch. Also, I mean, to go back to the scenes and the action scenes, because again, we rarely gave our two. Donnie mm-hmm. Yen, Vader. But you got to say that the, the, fi- the final scene... The climactic scene. Yeah. It's pretty damn good with the, with the yeah. planes fighting on the beach, just like a World War II or a World War I scene on the fighting on the beaches. It's pretty damn intense. It was pretty, it was done very well. The choreography and the fights and the air fights, it was, it was very, it, it felt like a Star Wars movie. Yeah. It had that same feel of an old Star Wars. It felt like it showed a Star Return Wars movie that did not have to have. Skywalkers. Yeah. Right. So it was a separate. Exactly. Vader right. wasn't there, but the, you know what I mean. But the feel of the end of this was the same feel of Return of the Jedi, where they're trying to invade Endor. They're trying to get there to open the for the shields. Come. Yeah. Pretty much the yeah. same thing. It's pretty much the same thing. They had to. Minus the Ewoks. The, oh, thank God. They had to do the same thing to get the plants that be able to, they had to do that in return where they had to dis- destroy the shields uh, for they can demolish the rebellion. Yep. Yeah. Or uh, the empire, not the rebellion, the, the empire. The parallels are there and I'm all for it. I'm glad this movie came up. I'm glad this movie was made. All right. Well, guys, that is it for us. This is our 
sensational review of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. If you have any comments you'd like to share, please comment below. If you agree or disagree with us, we would love to hear your thoughts. Please don't hesitate. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too. We have spoken.